Hello, hello, everyone. This is your girl, Jamise. And this is your boy, Khalif. Usually, you, you, you start off with a little anecdote. Well, I mean, you changed up everything, so I was kind of like, mm, I don't know what to say right now. I just wanted to be first for once. You know, girl power and whatnot. <laughs> and no one cares about that. Okay, well, <laughs> our last episode, I got a little cheese ball fangirling all over, um, uh, what, what was it? What we're was talking it? about Marvel and Stanley. Right, right, right. So uh, today we're going to take it um, back to our roots, I guess, and talk about some social issues. And today we're talking about the working class Americans. Well, here's that anecdote that you're talking about. Mm. Um, do you remember the 80s, late 80s, early 90s? Do I? How How do you mean do I remember specifically? Well, I mean, like this morning we were watching Rocky Four. Uh-huh. Hearts on fire, you know. <laughs> it's actually montage. a really good movie. Um, <laughs> those of you might like want to stab me, but I have only seen Rocky one and three from beginning to end. I've seen clips from four, so I know exactly what it's. I I knew the gist, uh, but um. It was good because, like, we had some questions, I think, a few weeks ago about the Cold War, when did it end, you know, when the wall, the Berlin Wall come down, all this stuff. And I was living in Germany when that happened, when the the Berlin Wall started to come down. I guess it wasn't officially down to the early 90s. But, of course, we see it again today. I guess it's history repeating itself. U.S. versus Russia. (laughs) Well, and the whole point is, is that, you know, like, in the 70s, you had like the average Joe, you know, Rocky one where, you know, uh, overcoming all odds. You had the uh, and then you had that series kicking off the one man army, you know, the one man taken against a million. Well, you also had shows like that talked about, you know, regular Joes. Right. Um, You had Alf, that weird family that had the alien in the <laughs> living with them you had married with children paul right. bundy not paul bundy al bundy <laughs> right who sold women's shoes, shoes. right, right. Uh, unhappily ever after i forget about that but that was just a direct ripoff of married with children mm. um family matters you had the um oh even the, um the the cop the he was a um uncle carl what was the one um with archie what was that what was that show Oh, all in the family. All in the family, you know, working class and the spinoff, the Jeffersons, even though they made a lot of money. They were still kind of like uh, he, average people. Yeah, that he came was a up. small business owner, right? He had, um, uh, what, is, what is it, like a la- laundromats or, or uh, dry, cleaners. dry cleaners? Yeah. So we have a long history of the working class being represented in into, entertainment. Uh, let's define, uh, Khalif, how would you define working class? Well, I would say working class. Um, first, um, I would define it as someone, uh, a group of individuals that may have not gone to college, but they, you know, they started at a job and kind of worked themselves up, maybe into management role or they, you know, promoted them, got themselves promoted, but they did not go to college. Um, I'm not saying, well, they did not graduate college. Let's say that they may have had some college. Right. And usually we're talking about like we talk about like blue collar, white collar. This is going to be the blue collar professions, right? Yeah. You know, coal miners, dry cleaners, you know, maybe even small business owners. Right. That, you know, they just they had an idea and mm. 
tightened up their boots and went to war. Small business owners tightened boots and went to war. You know, I'm just saying they, you know, they had to go fight and compete and make sure that their business was successful. Oh, okay, I guess. Um, so these are basically when you say working, like they have put in that that's that's the sweat hours while a lot of white collar employees have done this gone the academic route. You know, if you ever look at a job, well, they'll say um, you need this many years of experience or in lieu of that, you can have your BA and whatever or your master's and whatever. This is what we're, we're talking about, like the, the people with the that right out of high school into the workforce grit. versus the people who um, went for higher education and then entered the work. So usually there is a differentiation um, based on um, a lot of it has to do with lifetime earning potential as well, um, which we we see we see it play out it's more difficult nowadays in american society to go straight into the workforce after high school and be as successful as in the past you know like um housing costs more food costs more people are delaying having families till later in life if at all everything is it's more difficult because it's more competitive i guess like i was talking to my niece the other day and she was working at some business where um, they do hire um immigrants. Of course. And I mean, okay, I said that that was like a bad thing. <laughs> immigrants Sorry. are entitled to jobs. I mean, they. Ha- I mean, everyone can work at this place. See, and it's we, we can't like, be prejudiced against against immigrants. I'm not because, prejudiced. Yeah, I'm just saying we're, we're I, immigrants. <laughs> it was a bad. It was a bad um word choice. Oh, I'm not saying that you are. I'm just letting people know that we can't. We can't possibly be as we are immigrant employees ourselves. And so. But as she worked there, she's like, oh, this job sucks. Yeah. I, I work only four hours a day. I have to work every day a week. Was it just four hours a day? Yeah, she was only working four hours. Oh, but that's interesting. Yeah, could they have worked her up to six. Well, they were going to, but they as only made her. a part-timer. But they only made her work four, and even then, she didn't work the full four. Oh, how annoying. So to go in, you know, I've, those of you who don't know, um, we're from the Houston area. And even though it's it's a really big city spread out, but also there's a lot of people. So even if something could take a short amount of time, it can take longer to drive into work and whatnot. And we don't have a, a we have a kind of rail system. But long story short, there isn't a really quick way to commute across the city during like the busy parts of the day. I mean, normally um, without traffic, everything takes about 35 minute drive, depending on where you're going. Right. And right. if there is traffic, oh, it's boy. about an hour to two hours. Right. So you would you would love to work and live in the same neighborhood a lot of times. We can see from the traffic in Houston, that's not the case. So um, so here are your nieces. She's getting up. She's going into work and not even getting a full four hours. It doesn't even make any sense. Like, so, make it worth my, my drive. You know what I mean? No, exactly. And so and her experience after this job, she was like, no, I need to finish college. Yes. I need to finish university because right. working these types of jobs sucks. I mean, she's well, that's had, the whole point, right? Those entry level menial jobs are like. I mean, uh, that's what I told her. I said, well, you you know, you got to get dirty. <laughs> no, I mean, like this is the point that to, to make you think, oh, I don't want to do this for a lifetime. Like, yes. I don't want to be flipping burgers at McDonald's for my whole life, right? You want to? These are entry level, like get your foot wet, little part time jobs. I mean, unfortunately, we do see people who are doing this as. A career. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate because sometimes they were already in another field 
and then they were laid off. So now they have to start, you know, back to flipping burgers. And it's, it's kind of difficult because in the high school students, those are the jobs that they used to get to get their little money, you know, to pay for their little car, their little gas, their little clothes and stuff like that and kind of help their parents out with all those costs that come from being in high school and getting ready for college. And now they can't even get those jobs because adults need those jobs to pay real bills, right. you know, like, um, so it is, it is difficult. Well, and that was the whole point, like, of me sharing this moment in my niece's life with you all, because she finally realized, like, having these jobs just aren't that great, or, like, entry-level jobs. So she needs to make, she's like, I want to make big money. Oh, don't we all? Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> and Don't we all? But the whole thing now is that I was, just because of these things I was thinking about, like, I was having a conversation before Trump was elected, mm-hmm. um, and I was talking to some middle-class upper guys. They've been at their jobs for, like, 10-plus years, mm-hmm. and you guys may have remembered this when we were talking about make how to make America great again, because this was a actual, really, situation. I was in manga country. Um, not really. I mean, I was surrounded by, I was playing, my dad was playing softball right. and on the team. There were a lot of Trump supporters. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, right, right, right. And so they were all talking about certain, the way they were believing in Trump as if he's going to give them back something that they're starting to feel that they lost. And this made me, and they were all middle-class workers, mm-hmm. um, blue-collar guys. Right. They may have been managers or whatever, and they talked badly about people like, oh, this this upstart come to my country, come to my company. Yeah, he has a degree, but he doesn't have the experience that I right. have. And the, uh, not hatred, but yeah. animosity yeah. towards um, individuals with higher higher degrees. The young and educated, right? Yeah. Uh. It's, Seen prop- they're they're kind of seen as um uh, what what is the word I'm looking for like like almost like an, an enemy yeah you know? a nuisance an enemy yeah someone, someone that came to come in, in and just steal, tell you what to do yes. steal your opportunity that you think that I've been here ten years and I deserve and in some cases this is true and that had me thinking like I'm, uh, when I was thinking about that memory it had me thinking about. And I mean, I was a kid in the 80s. I mean, yeah, I'm dating yes. myself, people. I was a kid in the 80s. I was also 80s. a kid in the 80s. I think a lot of and our listeners were kids in the 80s. <laughs> I know, I'm just saying I'm dating myself. Yeah, and so okay. when you had these shows like Family Matters, um, Married with Children, these things kind of like, I'm not glamorized, but humanized the blue collar workers. Right. It was like this. This is everybody. This is your neighbor. You know, um, this is your neighbor. And it's the kind of neighborhood that I grew up in, you know, with a lot of, um, you know, one one income homes and the the mothers were stay at home moms and the fathers worked. And just talk about the 80s, like imagining that that generation, our parents generation, when they became adults in the 80s, they were able to get jobs. They were able to buy homes. They, you know, and. I mean, my I, my parents were military and, and teacher, both college educated, but still these are jobs that like, you know, nowadays you think, oh, how did you live so well? But back then, they, that's a they lot of money, jobs. you know, and we were well taken care of. And it's, it's interesting because they're in their 20s and Anthony, your parents too, early 20s buying homes. You don't see yeah. that anymore, you know, so the lot has changed in the last 30 years. Yeah. And the thing that I wanted to point out, like. What I was the reason why this thought came to mind, we were driving into work and I just or maybe we were driving to Dubai or something. And I just had this thought and I wanted to present it to you guys. How are the working class represented now? Like, I mean, 
some people, like I posed this question on Facebook and people brought up like the show Atlanta. And I said, well, I don't kind of count Atlanta. You can't count Atlanta. If you haven't seen it, but I'll I explain to you. It. The main character, he's college educated. He went, he went Ivy League. So we can't count Atlanta. Then, um, and, his, I, and his girlfriend is a teacher, so she also went to college. And so I was pointing out, like, no, I mean, like, guys that may have not gone to college mm-hmm. and they've been working. Well, the characters, or the right? characters. Yeah. Or, and I said, I need something. Like, Al Bundy didn't go. So I'm using the 80s shows. So Al Bundy never went to college. Right. But he poke high, four touchdowns in one game, you know, that type. <laughs> yes. And he, but he ended up selling women's shoes for right. uh, his career. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, granted, his um, little first job he got because he knocked up his girlfriend. He was still in it, you know, 20 years on, you know, yeah. so, yeah, it is not really supposed to work like that. The trajectory, but they were homeowners. Yeah, they were homeowners. His wife didn't work. And yeah, he was mm-hmm. able to still afford them to have a house and whatnot. And we know it's TV, but again, like I said, I, I saw this growing up. Like, you know, I had friends whose father was a police officer, mother stayed at home, you know, um, dad worked construction, mom stayed at home, things like this. Yeah. So. And the Darcy's who live next door, I think they were in banking or something like that. So they, they made a lot of money. Right. They did. And so my whole thing was that you saw like the main characters of all these shows, they were, you know, humanized working class. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, what I was trying to point out is that maybe, maybe point me out if I'm wrong. I don't watch that much television anymore. But I watch so much TV. But, so the, I te- will. but the television <laughs> shows that are out now, uh-huh. like we talked about a war against the poor. Right. And I see and it seems like. They're glad, like, remember, the lifestyles of the rich and famous in the 80s was like a bleep oh, on the show my gosh. to show how I rich loved people lived. It. Remember, well, I forget his name. We, we said his name before on a previous podcast, but I mean, any of you who are kids in the 80s or just Google this lifestyles of the rich and famous before they had like MTV cribs. So this guy would be like, this is lifestyles, the rich and famous. And we got a behind the scenes of how these uber rich people lived. And I think he used to come on right after Wheel of Fortune, to be honest, if I, if Possibly. I can recall. I don't know. I just which is actually pretty funny they were just there i mean that show but it wasn't like glamorized like he glamorized it was glamorized it wasn't I mean, like this is attainable he, right i mean you know? he glamorized yeah. the show but he i just mean just watched it like entertainment it's not but, like yeah. i deserve this it's like no some people live like this and that's how it and is. that's how it is yeah and but then we had all these shows that showed like how normal people live and you know point out those yeah, things they in were life. celebrities like Roseanne Barr you know a celebrity from a show where she played a waitress struggling you know yes. to support her her family and so these people became famous by just being like everybody but know? nowadays you have oh um what was that Jersey Housewives um not Jersey Housewives Atlanta Housewives um all these oh, real house, all the real, real housewives shows mm-hmm. that they all have money and yeah. a lot of these shows really kind of not even they over- they make those people seem like this is normal if you're not living this way then something's, something's wrong, wrong with, you. with you because it's pseudo reality right so yes. you feel like oh i didn't know so many people live like this so why aren't i living like this and this and that became my thought for this show Mm, I see. Because are we now at the point where the well the rise of Trump, you had mm-hmm. the Tiki marches, you will not replace us, mm-hmm. and anytime money comes up, Jews is thrown out. I, I mean, it's just all these things that are happening in society. It's like, well, you will not replace us, you will not forget us. Mm-hmm. Are it, they being forgotten already in the media? That's my point of this question that, that I've been entertaining and thinking about for this show. 
Well, and I think they have. Yes, the the culture, has the media shifted. has has, and I and I'll point out just the fact that um like keeping like, up with the Kardashians. Like we said that um before the the famous TV shows were like Family Matters and Roseanne and all and King of Queens. Nowadays, one of the most popular TV shows is it just ended, um, Big Bang Theory. Everyone on that show was not only a genius, but also highly educated. And that's one of the most famous shows on TV right now. And if you think about that, like you are not represented there. You're not going to see someone like yourself, even though this show is internationally acclaimed. They're not representing the average Joe, so to speak. Yeah, it's the niche of society that is now being represented, which is also, I believe, is... I'm not going to say it's fueling animosity against upper, you know, higher educated individuals, but there mm-hmm. is a flashback on the, you know, a promotion of idiocracy in America. Did I say that right? I I probably did not. not. Let me repeat sure myself. You, I'm not sure what you mean. Like um, the age of ignorance, like you're, mm-hmm. you're getting away from like Trump um, grabbing by the coochie, um, all this other mm-hmm. stuff, calling it people MFers. In politics, politicians yes. didn't talk this way no. 10 years ago. True. Now everyone is cursing and trying to sound like this is the way us educated folk be talking. Right. We have to get down. I don't want to say, but like in the gutter, because we have a misunderstanding about what it means to be working class because they're not properly represented. And I think that's why they uh, they think, oh, if I curse more, I can be in tune to them because let's be real. And even, Nothing um, about Donald Trump working class, okay? <laughs> but yet he, with his crass behavior and his ignorant language and his, you know, going down and like just glorifying the fact of being uneducated has created that relationship with that group of, of voters. And that's really unfortunate. But I'll talk about how that's changing in a minute. Well, because also, yeah, and, and I just saw, like, especially during that last election, um, people Which began, one, presidential or presidential, midterm? Okay. The presidential one with Hillary and now the most qualified, like, we always talk about hiring the most qualified person. Exactly. But the most unqualified person got the job. Exactly. And this is where <laughs> it's like, well, is this a, is this the working class fighting back because they pointed out is. because she pointed like she said something about what well, get them to do something else when they're talking about the coal miners mm-hmm. and teaching them how to do green jobs but mm-hmm. they don't they're they're at they're the coal point, miners. they're coal miners they're like nope I've been this for generations why can't we bring this back but he says oh we're gonna bring back mining mm-hmm. clean coal mm-hmm. there's no such thing in this world no. as clean and he coal. hasn't brought back mining they, they not they, at all the jobs are continuing to leave and. I was having this conversation about that because uh, one of my coworkers, she asked, she said, well, because the job market is really booming in the U.S. and um, we have a very low unemployment rate, which is amazing. It took 20 years to get this way. But she said, is it really true what they're saying or are they just making that up? And I said, no, it is true. But then another one of my coworkers said, well, what about the coal miners? Like, well, coal mining jobs have been going away since the 60s. And the problem with that is. Honestly, and what I was hearing is that in the Midwest, they are, they need people to work these jobs and they have the money to pay them, but they don't have the, the people. Now, the coal miners are all in West Virginia country. We need to move these unemployed coal miners into the Midwest. And that, you know, we need some shifting to go 
to happen in order for the unemployment rates to be low across the board. The problem is West Virginia does not want to lose all of those voters, but yet they're not doing much infrastructure change to support employment. So now we have, of course, a lot of issues with poverty in that state. And so and this is some of the biggest things like I post this on. I apologize to the people that answered me on Facebook. I did. I was asking about as what I'm talking about today. Are we are they misrepresented in media? Because if you don't see yourself mm-hmm. on within a certain um, entertainment field, right. you start to feel isolated. Right. I'm, I mean, this has been brought up in like court cases from before. Um, I forget mean? that old court case where it had like the black dolls and the versus the white dolls. I think they use it in Brown versus their education. Thank you. I, I don't know why I keep forgetting that. And mm-hmm. that's the most important Supreme, one of the most important ones next yeah. to Roe v. Wade, which is probably a next show we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so with that case, if you don't see yourself represented and you think like, think about the ideal beauty, it was like blonde hair, blue eyes, but then you don't have people that look like that. So then you have a group of people that are self-hating themselves. Oh, I, I do believe that a lot of the Trump supporters who are just diehard, they do hate themselves because they feel like... um they're looking for a savior to come exactly, save them. Exactly, or a reason why they're not as successful as they believe they should be. And that's the part where I was getting at. So mm-hmm. if you see someone like Al Bundy, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I peaked in high school, four touchdowns yeah. in one game. <laughs> but then he was still, he had a house. The right. American dream, the house, the wife, right. two kids, you know, and a car. Granted, mm-hmm. it was a crappy car, but he was still living the dream. Right. And if you don't have people that look like you living the dream, you start to look like you're missing out on what's next. Exactly. And the, the thing is, you got to remember is that if you are working class, usually your um, disposable income, you can't use it to go to the theater. You know, you're watching TV. And so it's hard to watch all these shows and all these movies and then. And even some of the movies and TV shows, they talk down about the the undereducated, right? And they have all these stereotypes about them. And even like on TV shows like Bill Marshall, and he talks that he says he should call them that, but he calls them stupid, you know? And so they feel like everyone thinks I'm stupid, thinks I'm dumb. Well, I'll show them. And they turned out and they supported their their clown. And now that clown is, is doing his thing in the White House. And this is the point where I was getting at. And so I really, I truly feel like there is a correlation between underrepresentation in media mm-hmm. versus I'll say entertainment. And entertainment. The news is representing them, but it always makes them look really stupid. Yeah, like remember, like in the 80s, it was like they always seemed like they got the worst black person to, um, or like even late, like in the past, what, 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, the little white girl that was kept in the house by that dude. Mm-hmm. And she got, what was her name? I don't know. I don't know. But mm-hmm. he was like, I was eating my McDonald's. And then, it, man, a white girl come up and hug me. Man, there must be something wrong. And I was like, why you got to get the dude that sounds like from the 1930s to come get and on that TV? that case was really sad, too, because those girls who went missing were from um, lower income families. And uh-huh. the police didn't really do enough to try to find. They basically were basically in the same neighborhood. Oh, you know, yeah. and it's just really sad because even when one of them goes missing, whether they're black, white, Hispanic, there's not enough media attention. But let a rich girl like um, what was her name? Uh, the the girl he went down to to Aruba and disappeared. 
Nancy Holloway, I think her oh, name yeah. was. Like, is she from a wealthy family and all this coverage? And I still remember her name. Or that British kid, Madeline McCann. They did a whole documentary about her. Her family was wealthy. They were both, the parents are both doctors. What about all the poor kids who go missing, who get snatched, who are sold into sex slaves or, or they, they're kept in a house and disappear for 20 odd years? You know, it's just, they are treated like they don't matter. And if someone comes along, and I know a lot of them really are like, oh yeah, Trump is full of it. But at least he talks to me. You know, at least he considers me. At least I feel like I can approach him and tell him my problems and that he will listen. And I think that that's really sad that that's the person that is supposed to be the one that is looking out for them. And so and so now and also you have like um, another politician, um, Sanders, and, and, and a lot of people, and especially people I know, they're always like, well, college, university should be free. And I was like, nope, should not be free because we already gave you free. Yeah, we gave you years. free 12 years of free. <laughs> and if you can't do anything and you, you don't have a 12 year education that you have set yourself apart, mm-hmm. then you may not deserve to go to college. And that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just, that's not your trajectory in life. But here's what I'm saying. Why don't we just invest more in that first 12 years, get those teachers paid, get the support that they need, the counselors, the, the, the resources, the, the infrastructure for the kids. So then they can actually leave high school and say, I can, I can go get a job. I am employable. You know, instead of wasting more money on trying to get college free for everyone, we don't need college free for everyone if, if high school prepares you for a job. Exactly. And that's one thing that Hillary was speaking about during her, her, her campaigning. Right. Cause it's basically, let's use existing infrastructure to address these problems instead of just going with something new or tearing down something and make it because it takes so much investment and time when we could simply just try to fix what we have. Yeah, we cannot be an anarchist and burn it to the ground and make sure it comes back anew because then you might have the same problems with the old system. So fix what you have now. And so and so with the working class, um, they were talking about like in the north, was it Michigan or Mm -hmm. somewhere they had like a drug epidemic? Oh, all over New Hampshire, Vermont, Michigan, Virginia, West Virginia, uh, Kentucky, Missouri. I mean, it's everywhere. Okay, I have this to say. If you broke, how can you how can you afford drugs? They find a way. We we know that we know addicts find. And that's always made me so sad. I was like, I knew um, an addict, a heroin, a hundred dollar a day addiction. And I was thinking, if you can manage to find a hundred dollars a day to feed your addiction, what could you do with that money? You invested it, you know, but but they don't know these things because people are not educated on this. And that's another issue that I have is even if you're middle class, you are on the border. You're you're a lot of them are one paycheck away. Just like when the government shut down and all of a sudden I have to take a loan out to pay my bills. It's like, dude, you work for the government. Mm -hmm. That's a you know, you got your check coming every right. two weeks. Right. How are you like one paycheck away from poverty? How are you not saving this stuff where it's supposed to be? Like, that's the problem. Middle class is living outside their means. 
And it's exasperating and already correlated to those rich mm-hmm. people shows. Exactly. You don't need to live like the Kardashians, okay? You need to live like the Johnsons. Your 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 neighbor. Just chill out. You don't need to stunt all the time. You don't need a new car every five years. You don't even need a new smartphone every year. You know, put your priorities in order. And that's the thing I think that what some educated people are trying to tell the working class. We're not saying it to to look down on them it's just what money you do have let's use it wisely like one of my friends um before i sold her um <laughs> before you sold your I'm friend sorry. no not my friend <laughs> i'm talking about my car my old car my nisi oh, my, okay. ni- my nissan mm-hmm. i had this i bought a, a brand new many years ago a 2007 fresh off the lot i was like no i want a brand new car mm-hmm. 10 plus years later i i re i re-meet this friend and she sees that it's the same car. And she's like, oh, my God, you still have this Nissan? And I was like, why? She still runs. Exactly. What's I wrong mean, with driving an old car? I mean, it's my car. It's paid off. It's all exactly. good. Exactly. And so I think we've gotten away. And that's what was one of the things that reminded me of Al Bundy. And I keep coming back to this because he had the same car. He had the same cars from high school. That's how the working class was able to, in one generation, start sending their children to college, you know, because they strapped it up and they made the sacrifices. And like, I don't get to have a bigger house. I don't get to have a new car all the time. I don't even get to wear designer clothes. But guess what? I can help my child go to college. And even in that show, like that show taught me a lot about, it sounds crazy, but it taught me a lot about money management. Oh, did it? Yes. Oh, that's like, crazy. That lifestyle is crazy. Lifestyle money management. Like explain that. Okay. So like he had that whole, like there was a, he had this joke, like if something happened to that car, he'd be like, oh man, in one or two more payments, it was mine, you know? Oh. And, um, <laughs> but then one day, like one episode, um, he he took his car to get car washed or something. He was splurging one day. Mm-hmm. But then they lost his car because his car was so dirty and raggedy looking that once they cleaned it, it looked like a brand new oh, wow. car. Oh, wow. So they're like, <laughs> so after like they, for like hours, they're searching a lot for this car. And then they find this one car that was washed and cleaned, but it's by itself and it's been sitting there. So they, they bring Al and they're like, is this your car, sir? And it was like, it looked like a brand, because it was a Dodge. Uh-huh. So it was like a brand new two-door Dodge. Uh-huh. It looked brand new. And so he was like, oh, I remember having a red car. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. And so, <laughs> but he loved that car and he appreciated that car. He appreciated what he could obtain in life. And that's, and for me, like money management, that is like, well, you went and got this car. And once I paid it off, I tried to take great care of her. Because if I put that investment in her, she invested in me. Oh, yeah. If we had stayed in the States, we would still have that car. And I still have my my car that I have bought, my uh, Ford Explorer truck. I was like, you can just keep fixing things and it'll keep working. Yeah. Then once you <laughs> replace so enough nice stuff. And it's so nice to not have to pay that bill every month for a new vehicle. And once you replace enough stuff, it's a brand new exactly. car. Exactly. I mean, you don't need a new engine to what, 300,000 miles? Well, oh, let's yeah. keep on riding. <laughs> and so, I mean... And these are things like in these shows, Family Matters, it always shows like to, or as in Zombieland would say, rule number, I forget the rule number, it's like appreciate the little things. Mm-hmm. 
And nowadays, I feel like entertainment has gotten past appreciating the little things. We need to appreciate those big, glamorous, uber wealthy moments. We're idolizing expensive things. Yes. And so, like, if if like if you give a kid a new phone and it's not the latest iPhone, everyone's like, oh, my God, this sucks. But then you give a kid a new iPhone, they break it in like two months. And so, I mean, it's just these things that really had me thinking about what do we really value as a society? Yes. Yeah. And if it's and if it's not something that we pay a lot of money for or see people spending a lot of money on, we won't value it. We don't care. Which is what your argument was about free free college, because if you don't have to pay for it, then it becomes of less value, right? Yes. You don't try as hard. Like I remember when I even when I had a full scholarship and I mean, I was working for that scholarship. But even then, I was still kind of not truly invested mm-hmm. in school as much. And I'm just saying this is me, people. Some people get that full that that scholarship and they're like, I'm I'm riding this thing to the wheels fall off. Me, I was kind of like, uh, let's, let's keep going. Well, let's put it this way. I'm paying straight up. This is the first degree my MBA and that I'm paying for straight out of pocket. You better believe Jamise gets A, A minus at the lowest every time. That was not the case in undergrad, understand? But it also comes with maturity, you know, and it's, I think that when a person becomes mature enough for that responsibility, then we give it to them. Now, if their parents want to get into debt, if they want to get into debt to go to college, that's a choice they made. No one's making them do that. So I don't think that that's something that we should offer. Um, people for free, but maybe training programs like with the minors, training them on how to use different technologies. They can be employed in another career field. That's different. And I, and I support free training programs and actually a lot of state governments already offer those. So I just want the working class needs to be educated more on their resources and also the options that they have, because one of those options may be, hey, you're going to have to save up and you're going to have to leave this area. And before I move on to the last section of this show, um, like I was having a deep rooted argument with a friend of mine and we were arguing that same point about college being free. And I kept saying no, because people will not value it anymore. And he and I just felt like he felt like I was kind of calling him stupid about it. And I kept saying that idea is dumb. And I was just saying it because, you know, sometimes I'm choosing the right words to razz people. I know. But and that's the philosopher in me. And we have to be sensitive to to this group of people. And so but at the time, I'm trying to like really like teach and show, not like talk down to, but really try to because I was using um, different parables or examples or whatever mm-hmm. you call it. But they're like, no, it needs to be free. It has to be free. What about my kids? And it's like, well. Your kids had 12 years of education. They should be able to get to college based on that if you want, if they want to go. Yes. And we did talk about this in depth before. But have the things improve for the working class since Trump? Hmm. For me, I say no. I say yes and no, and it's undecided. I'll, I'll wow, just go with undecided. Okay, I'll just I'll just go with undecided. And I'll explain really quickly, and this is going to probably be one of the few things that I agree with the president on. But President Trump is right with this war on China 
because China and there was a bad deal of trade agreement. But this when we let them into the um, international trade, I forget what it's called right now. Was it? Um, NAF- no, not NAFTA. Not NAFTA. But it's not just us. It's the whole world that this to other European countries. They were supposed to be reciprocal. China was supposed to be able to sell, you know, export their items, but also import some of the other items from the U.S., Canada, Britain, yalla, yalla, yalla. Well, that didn't happen. China exported, but would not import. So all imported goods in China cost a fortune. And their Chinese, you know, they were just getting to a middle class when they entered into this trade agreement. So they really couldn't afford those foreign products, but they can afford Chinese made. And then Chinese made products are cheaper overseas. And of course, in America, as an example, and but it's not reciprocal. So we did lose a lot of jobs. Um, from that manufacturing and exporting because China was not reciprocal. They were not going to let um, Americans go in and deal with the 1.5 billion possible consumers, right? So that's unfair. And I believe that Trump is doing the right thing. In the long run, these tariffs will be the right thing for the working class people because we're tired of being taken advantage of by them. And to be honest, I think we can just say forget China and we just do things on our own. Because we'll just have to make ourselves, and I, I want to not only support people buying from small business owners and minority business, but also American Maine. You know, because I'm not trying to be prejudiced to China, but it, it's not fair for them to have that upper hand and, and world trade and not have it be reciprocal. So Trump called them out on that. And that, to me, that's fair. That, that's real talk. Well, I never like that whole trade. Like it was weird. I was I was kind of lukewarm to that whole agreement, mostly because when we were in Korea, when that agreement was kicked off, um, Korea didn't get a lot of like American products. It was like you had to go to specialized areas right. to get certain things. And all right. of a sudden with that agreement, it opened up the world in Korea. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when you go to um, Home Plus or you don't have to just get Tesco stuff, there is, like, Kraft Mac and G's there. and Right. Because it was reciprocal because there's more Korean products being sold in the U.S. Hyundai, Samsung, blah, oh, blah, yeah. blah. And vice versa. We have our food, our brands over there, uh, GM and Kraft and all that. So that's how it's supposed to work. China was not willing to do that, and they they need to be punished by the international uh, trade agreements. I really believe it because they need to be more fair. They need to – if they're going to be capitalists, be capitalists. If you're going to be communist, well, then get out and just trade with Russia. (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's how I feel. Like this is is how the world works. No, that is true. And I guess the last thing I want to bring up, Mm -hmm. how did the – Government shutdown affect the middle class. You guys remember that? It was just in January. Please do not forget that when you go to vote next year, Trump shut down the government for the longest time in American history. So don't forget that that happened. The longest time. And he was going to do it again <laughs> over a wall that we still don't have. So Build that wall. Build that wall. Build that wall. Even though walls don't work as the Chinese, if we were talking to them, they could tell you. That will not work. It will not work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Great Wall is supposed to keep out the Mongols, and yeah, Genghis yeah. Khan is all over that place. We, we Genghis Khan, not only him, but also his offspring, his seed spread. No, that's everywhere. what I was talking about. Like he's all over. He was the original Johnny Appleseed. Him and his army, yeah. So, 
Oh man, I sorry. I just thought I just lost my thought. We went on a tangent, and we yeah. were thinking about all the Mongolian descendants <laughs> diaspora all over the world. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to add about? Oh, no, you were talking about the um the the shutdown. You wanted to say something about the 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 shutdown. Oh yeah, but no, it was just that you saw like please, 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 and please. I'm saying this nicely. As Jimmy said, remember this whole shutdown and what happened with your leader that he thought about these things selfishly and put everyone in danger. Granted, you may not be living the best life and you're trying to you may be living outside your means, which you don't really see what's out of your means. Mm-hmm. Out of your means is that if you like I used to feel like this, this was out of my means. If I have to save up money just to go have a good time. Right. Mm-hmm. What am I doing that is out of my means where I could barely just make it and I can't save anything? Right. And if that's the case, I need to cut out those. I need to trim the fat, if you will, mm-hmm. so I can get to that 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 lean beef. Yes. And so for me, when that happened, I remember Jamis was furious with me. This is back in the day. I was working tech support and I was I mean, I was working 40 hours a week and I did get a little overtime. But. I did not have enough money. I had a crappy apartment. I still had my nice car. That was the best thing I had. But I mean, all the bills are paid, but there wasn't a lot of what we call disposable income. Wiggle room. Yes. And then one day, the money I did have saved up that I just had in the bank and I had just, you know, a few hundred dollars. I met this guy who was selling these speakers, this entertainment system out of his out of his trunk. And I was like, ooh, I want this. And I was like, how much does it cost? He was like, 200 bucks. I ran and got the 200 bucks out of my account, got the speakers, and then realized it did not have a receiver. <laughs> so it didn't have a receiver. Now I'm out more money. Right. To go get a receiver. And that just, though those speakers just sat in the box, which was a waste of 200 bucks. It happened. And now, and then Jamise was furious because we, I could have used that, that 200 bucks. As you know, we could have went out and did stuff at the time, mm. but that's when we were broke. <laughs> I mean, we're still brokeish. We 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 live the philosophy of being. We're kind of miserly, but the thing is, I want to I want to remind everybody. And there's a lot of free resources out there, and I'm gonna just promote another person's radio show podcast. But Dave Ramsey taught me a lot, and um, he's kind of an economic guru kind of guy, and basically. What you need to make sure is that you always, always, always pay yourself first. Build that debt snowball, which means you have enough money saved up to cover your bills for six months should something happen. Work on these little small steps. Yeah, go visit his website, DaveRamsey.com, and, you know, just teach yourself some things. Because even if you are college educated, you may not be financially intelligent. And we need to increase our financial intelligence overall. You know, and I'm not preaching to you because I'm still in the process myself. So we're all learning and growing. And let's just keep at it so that we don't we don't need to live that Kardashian life. We need to live that secure life. So financial security, where one missed paycheck isn't going to throw you out of your home. You understand what I'm saying? y'all? I'm going to just say this. <laughs> I mean, if you all are trying to live that Kardashian life, look at how the Kardashian that Kardashian life affected Kanye West. 
used to sound intelligent. Oh, I'm, no, I'm serious. Before that, Jesus walks. He was an intelligent sounding brother. I like Jesus walks. What are you talking about? No, no, about? no. I'm saying that's before the Kim Kardashian invasion with him. <laughs> the Kardashian invasion. Yes. The Kardashian sickle cell anemia, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but then he gets that and all of a sudden he's on TMZ talking about, you know, the highest, you know, the highest crime on black people is black on black crime. When he was talking about, like, you know, the cops murdering innocent people. Mm-hmm. And this young, um, I forget the black guy who works for TMZ was furious with Kanye mm-hmm. and said, you cannot say that, brother. You you have a platform that no one else has. Yes. And when you spout crazy stuff like this, these misguided facts that make people believe the wrong thing. Yes. And so Kanye was like, I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry if I said it affected you. Can can I can I can we hug? Can we talk? And he's like, so, I'll hug you. No, I don't. I don't know well, what happened. I never. It was saw just those. basically he was just saying like, um, it was some interview that they did on TMZ. I was watching. Yeah, I watch TMZ because TMZ is real. <laughs> and um, and I'll end on this note. Well, basically, Kanye was trying to go over and trying to smooth things over with the brother, and he's like, "You're not gonna fight me? You're not gonna fight me? Are you serious? You're not gonna fight me? Look, I'm coming over here. I'm just trying to spread love, brother. Just love." And so even when Kanye got a, but Kanye, I, I guess, didn't listen because when he even had the president's ear, he was still spouting that malarkey. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to say one way or the other. Um, that's that, that's that sickle cell, that Kardashian, that Kardashian sickle cell anemia he got. That's all I'm saying. So okay. if you, you living up, you trying to live that way. Don't do that. Educate yourselves. And if you can't afford Yeezys without emptying your bank account, don't get them. Yes. And on that note, I am your boy, Khalif. And I'm your girl, Jameez. We're going to catch you next time. <laughs>